0: This program is brought to you by the Podcast Factory.com. Welcome back, boys and girls, to another edition of Copy Chief. Radio, here is the copy chief, funny man, and your mentor, Kevin Rogers. <laughs> no pressure, man. We're in a lot of hats today.
1: Uh, cool. Well, thanks for having me, Jonathan. Uh, and, <laughs> on your uh, show?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Welcome, well, sir. You
1: know, I'd be out wandering around if it wasn't for this. So just glad to be anywhere. Uh, this is exciting, man. A really uh, action-packed show today. Bringing on my man, Mike Renard, who uh, has just sort of like come out of nowhere onto the copywriting scene and uh, tapped into his this amazing creative uh, vein. and he's just putting out not only great work for his clients that get huge results, but he's also been writing for the blog and uh, very active in the copy chief community. and all his stuff is just really eye-opening. He's got a great voice uh, and um, uh, in, you know in his writing. And he's a guy you need to know about. And the other cool thing about Mike is that he's he's a retail, his specialty is retail, retail brand copy. And you just don't see much of that. I get asked quite a bit about, you know, from people in that world. And uh, I, I just never really had anybody who did that. So it's super cool for me to be able to recommend Mike to people who are looking for retail brand copywriters. So Mike, thanks for being here, bro.
2: Thanks for having me on, man. I'm stoked.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So we're going to focus today especially on the article you wrote recently uh, for CopyChief.com. It's called The Five Elements of a High-Converting Retail Brand Launch. And uh, if you want to get a taste for Mike's writing, this is a great article. It's a a good place to start because it's got a lot of personality, adventure. Uh, Man, you're great with story. So I'm going to read – the beginning of the article because it just sets this whole case study up so perfectly. And then I'm going to let you walk us through these five elements from there, Mike. Okay. Sounds good, man. All right. So here's how it starts. I think it was a dud, man. Nothing is happening. Said Brett. Brett is the founder of territory run company an online retail company in the running outdoor space. We had just pressed go on his latest product launch an email launch sequence that I wrote and nothing was happening. My heart dropped into my stomach. I whipped up my phone to check my email. I just got the launch email a minute minute ago, so maybe it's just a delay in the delivery, I said. And we got busy waiting. Waiting for a product launch to start rolling is like watching a pot of water boil. Is it on? Did you put the burner on high? Maybe we should have added salt to the water. But sure enough, after a few more excruciating minutes, it started happening. And like the pot of water starting to boil, when it happens, It happens fast. Sales poured in all day. When we finally closed the cart that night, we had pulled in $19,000 in 12 hours from a list of 2,800 people. Sweet. So, Mike, congratulations on that killer launch. And uh, give us a little context for what this meant for a guy like Brett, who is not in our world of direct response marketing.
2: Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, That was cool. You got a great voice uh, reading that. So that was fun. Um, So yeah, Brett is, you know, he started the brand uh, a few years ago. And for him, this was, this was huge, man, because I think the conversation that we had later that night, we went to get tacos and, you know, we're out in Portland, Oregon and just kind of hanging out, walking down the street in awe of, of what had just happened. And, you know, so we're having tacos at this, this little spot. And he's like, dude, we just, what happened in twelve hours there? That's more than I made my first year out of college. Um, <laughs> you know that that was yeah. kind of the standout of mm-hmm. like, okay, wow, that was
1: huge, right? Yeah, some context right there, and that that's an amazing thing about marketing and, and direct response marketing. It's like you, when it works, it's usually the biggest payday of your life. You know, uh, until the next one. <laughs> but yeah. it's like it really feels. Uh, and I always say to people you know, where they go, Oh, you know, I can't get started. And I go, here's the thing, man, make a first sale. I don't care if it's a dollar. My first sale online of my own product was $7. And I, I felt my life change on a cellular level. You know, like I had created something and somebody bought it for $7 and then a bunch of $7 little sales kept rolling in. And it just felt, like I'd won the lottery because, you know, now it's proven money can be made this way online. Right. And, uh, it's, it's magic. So, yeah. um, so cool, Mike, and, and, and give us just a little backstory about you and, and your, your experience in retail real quick. And, and so people understand your unique perspective, and then we'll dive into these five elements.
2: Sure. Yeah. I've worked in retail for years and some e-commerce as well. and, yeah, you know, the the biggest focus for me was trying to create um, really great experiences for customers, and you know, experiences where they would walk away saying, "Wow, that was awesome," and also they're walking away with a big bag of stuff that they just mm. bought, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, those are two two really important elements, and, and I think doing that in person is one thing, and doing it online is another thing. Where I see a lot of brands struggling, and where you know, some of the companies that I've worked with really struggled was. Uh, creating that experience online through email through their marketing messages that felt real that felt uh, like it was building a relationship um, and so that's you know what I'm trying to do with a lot of these brands is create that amazing experience for their customers mm-hmm. um, so whether it's in person or whether it's online in, in these you know different marketing platforms that you know specific to email that It's creating this amazing experience that their customers love, that it builds a relationship, and very importantly, that it sells a lot of stuff. Yeah,
1: awesome. And so you use a lot of story uh, in email. That's one of your specialties. Uh, It's just a really cool balance. By the way, I love your emails you've been sending out uh, around your blog to your subscribers. So where can people go get on your list so they can get your emails, Mike?
2: Thanks, man. Um, So it is www.chimpwolf.com.
1: Chimpwolf.com. Cool. Yeah, there's a whole wacky story behind why that's called that, but don't worry about (laughs) that right now. Just go to Chimp. Pretty easy to remember, I'll say, chimpwolf.com. All right, cool. So tell us, man. So we're sitting here. We're going, hey, I got retail or I know somebody who needs a retail
2: copy. How does it work? How'd you do it? What are the five steps? Okay, cool. Let's get into it. Um, so number one is have a conversation, um, and the the important thing here is that that you are having a conversation with your customers. The goal is to understand the pain points, desires, and struggles that that are going on with your market, um, and really to understand the number one pain point. Uh, and and there's a lot of ways to do it, but the bigger picture is a lot of brands either have, you know, maybe a vague or maybe a more concrete idea of why people are buying and what struggles they have, but it's often disconnected from the customer. So the customer has these very specific problems, a very specific language they use to describe it. And a lot of times the brand doesn't, they don't quite understand that, right? The way that they think about it is different because they've been doing it for years.
1: Yeah. You told a story about everybody sitting around kind of in the store, three, three or four employees, Talking about why do people buy or not buy, and yeah. throwing out all these ideas and feeling like you've just had this genius brainstorm, and then actually getting some real customer data, uh, a la almost like Ryan Levesque style ask uh, method stuff, and then comparing the two and go, wow, we were totally full of shit. Like we we had we had no idea what. <laughs>
0: in in,
2: in, in our minds, we nailed it, but it, we were so off. Right. Yeah. And the direction was right. Right. Like you want to understand, Hey, why are people coming in? What problems do they have? So we were thinking in the right direction, but holding ourselves into like, you know, this back room and, and just brainstorming ideas on big pieces of paper was, you know, not the way to do it. Cause yeah. Cause we just can't be the
1: customer for them. We have to ask, we need to get their words. So, okay, great. So
2: step two, Step two is once you have that data, um, and hopefully you've written stuff down from conversations, if it was a survey, you're going to have a spreadsheet, but you want to identify the struggle. Um, And that is just pulling out what is that pain point? What is it that that people are experiencing on a day-to-day basis, that problem? Um, And when you identify the thread, you want to kind of pull on it a little bit, right? Um, The first thing that people say may not be the ultimate problem that they have. And so you may need to dive a little bit deeper. And the You know, the other benefit of diving a little deeper is you're also going to get the language that they use to describe that problem. And that's really important as well.
1: Absolutely. That's huge. One of the greatest things about what I call the dialogue, you know, really talking to your prospects is that you can't you can't make up the language they use. And it's there's no other words more powerful than when you use someone's exact words sort of back at them and their uh, their avatar. They say that's when people get that. Oh, my God. It's like you're reading my mind moment. And you kind of go, yeah, I am reading your mind (laughs) (laughs) because because I asked you
2: what was on it. You know, it wasn't that hard. Right. right. Uh, okay great. Element number three. okay element number three is find the character. And and this is all this is all about having uh, an actual person. That people are building a relationship with, right? So one of the original goals we were talking about is we're building a relationship um, with our customers, and it's tough to do that if, let let's say your emails are coming from a brand name. And I see this all the time. I subscribe to so many brands, and they've got you know sometimes great emails, but you get to the end of the email, and it's from the brand name, or even worse, you know the email address is is like a no-reply email address, um, and it's oh, yeah, I, mean, it's, that's, that's, I
0: hate that. <laughs> that. Yeah.
2: It's like the opposite of what you want to do, right? We we want your opinion,
1: (laughs) but do not reply to this email because (laughs) no one will read it. We will hate you for even trying.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's the number one, one of the number one sales principles, like you know, I've got a strong background in sales. One of the first things I always do when I'm in sales is introduce myself. There's a really strong power in names and, and that transcends to all your marketing platforms. So if you have your emails coming from a person, your customers start to build a relationship with that person. They build trust. Um, they look forward to hearing from them. So that's really important.
1: That's funny you say that. It just occurred to me Uh, That doesn't happen very often in retail. Like in a restaurant, a server always says their name. Yeah. Hey, I'm Mike. I'll be taking care of you tonight. And uh, but uh, rarely walk into uh, the gap and have somebody say, hey, I'm Mike. Uh, What can I help you with today?
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So why is that not trained more? You know, I think it is in specialty retail and a lot of my experience comes from specialty retail where it is, it's like this one interaction. So a customer comes in and there's one person that's working with them to fulfill their needs and help them figure out, you know, what it is they need, um, for whatever, you know, whatever type of product it is. And in that type of interaction, you're going to have that one-to-one, Hey, what's your name? Mm -hmm. You know, my name's this, let's go through this, The, the more transactional kind of retail, uh, you know where it's just a big company like a Gap. You're not going to see it as often. Yeah.
1: So what you're saying is Kev uh, get off some money and quit shopping at places <laughs> where people wear name tags. Yeah. And they'll, they'll be more compelled to say your name. I get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Louis Vuitton. Why is it? Uh, this is here's a side note. Every time I walk past Louis Vuitton, that there's a big photo of somebody holding an expensive uh, like a handbag and they look so pissed. Like, why is it like, I, I'm, I really hate my new bag. That's a, you know, like no one's ever smiling with the stuff. You know, it's like, if you're bitchy and like leather, like this come shop here, you know what I
2: mean? It's just yeah. Just, they're, maybe no, they're it's just upset just, about how much money they just spent. Maybe that's what, yeah. She just got the bill. Yeah. Okay. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Let's go to uh, element number three here.
2: Okay, so then, well, element number four, four yeah. is develop an authentic story around your pain point, and this is where you're you're just taking that you know that struggle that we've identified, and you're developing a story about it. And it's a story that the character we were just talking about the the person that the emails are coming from they're going to tell this story, um, and it's going to be about the the customer's problems, right? It, one of the one of the big things here is that. You know, in the article, I'm talking about telling this authentic story where you, you create um, you know, vulnerability for the person that's telling it, and, right. and it's really, really, really powerful. Not all of the stories that you tell are going to be that way. Um, so I think it's important to note that like, you're going to tell a lot of stories in your marketing messages. This is, I think this is one of the most powerful stories you can tell, um, and it's a heavy hitter, but you don't, you don't have to do this in every single story that you tell. All right. So give us the
1: context because this is a really good one and, and talk about the assumption and then kind of getting Brett past that comfort zone and tell him the story.
2: Yeah. yeah. So when we did the, the research here, um, the thing that we found was that the big problem that his customers had was that they didn't have enough time to run. Um, and that's that's how it was originally voiced. Like, I just don't have time to run. And. Yeah, you know, that's that's I think that's strong on its on its own, but we had to pull that thread a little bit. And what we found when we dove a little bit deeper was the not having time to run really means that you have this goal of running and you want to do it, but there's all these things, this like that pop up, right? Life gets yeah. busy and there's this mm-hmm. resistance. And the distinction is subtle between those two things. Like I don't have time to run, or all these things are keeping me from running. But I think it's really important because in the one where things are keeping you from running, that's there is this like element of, um, of this like villain, this, uh, common enemy that you can point to and say, that's, that's a bad thing there. Um, that's keeping me from my goals. And we're talking about how to overcome that in this story. Right. And so the story that Brett told was, and, and this is a story that's true for him is that, Hey, he struggles with this as well. Right. And so the story was, he woke up that morning, he went to, you know, turn off his alarm and he, and he was just tired and he decided not to go running. Um, and he had never told a story like this before in his marketing. And I think for people who aren't in the industry, it, it probably seems like, ah, oh, that's, that story's not that big of a deal, but it was really powerful for him because he's the guy, he's the guy that started territory. He's supposed yeah. to have it all together, inspiring right. people. And, um, and so for him, it was really vulnerable.
1: Right. I like that. It's a great example of it doesn't have to be this life or death thing. It's just being honest, because like you said, the tendency and this is always my beef with sort of corporate retail, big brand marketing is that even when they try to be transparent, it just feels so contrived. You know, it's like it's like on a job interview when somebody says, well, what's one thing, uh, you know, uh, that's that you don't do well? well, I find myself working much too hard. You know, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm the one you got to kick out of the office. I'm just a little too dedicated. Oh, shut up. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's that same kind of vibe you get from a lot of brand marketing. Uh, and And so for your guy to come out and go, guess what? I blew it off today. I had every intention of running. I need to run today. And I woke up and I was like that can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and he was scared to send that, you know, that, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just goes against this whole image that we're projecting. And so what was the result when he did that?
2: Oh man, it was, it was so powerful, right? So he, I think there was an immediate result for him when he like clicked send, he was like, oh man, that, like that felt good. That was just real. Right. And then the response for his customers was, it was huge. Um, I think that email was right before, the, you know, the launch opened up and it was, it got a 58% open rate, 38% click through rate, tons of responses, like people just responding to the email saying, thank you so much for sending this. Like, this is, you know, this is what I struggle with. People felt like, um, like he just got them. That is
1: my top metric, by the way, you know, uh, His number of responses. Yeah, yeah. yeah Actual replies. It's what, yeah, you can look at all the other stats, but they're sort of invisible. Somebody yeah. Somebody hits reply and puts a face to to how they felt about what you wrote. You can't beat that. That's that's what that's when I know I've 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 nailed one when I get a a lot of that. Um, Okay, cool. And finally, number five,
2: number five is make it feel exclusive. Um, And what I'm talking about in this section is um, how to make it feel exclusive, how to make it feel special, and then also how to create urgency um, to, to really help drive sales, um, you know, for the launch or even for just, you know, one of your regular emails. Uh, The elements of exclusivity that I go over in here, there's four of them are number one, a limited number of spots available. Um, So there's only so many spots available. Maybe there's only so many products that people can buy. Um, and and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Number two is there's an invitation needed. So not just anybody can join. Um for territory, you had to be on the email list to to even know that this launch was happening. And so do you specifically point out, hey, you're you're only seeing this because you're subscribed
1: to this list, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. And 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 you know, it, it helps um actually drive drive signups as well, because mm-hmm. there's kind of this buzz being created around it. And so if people want to be a part of it, they have to join the email list.
1: Right, great. Yep. Cool, and then so what about, so for the, say you say yeah, there's only so many of these available or it's only happening in this specific time frame? And then did he mail around that exclusivity more than he normally would? Yeah, yeah, totally. Reminders, was... carts closing, that sort of stuff.
2: Yep. Yeah. So there was, um, I, I can't remember, to- but I think it was like 100 spots available, right? There's only 100 spots available. And there was one email that went out the morning the launch opened. And then one email later in the day that was like, hey, there's only you know, X number of spots left. And there was a couple different tiers for the launch as well. And mm-hmm. the top tier only had like two spots left at that point. So it really helps drive this feeling of like, oh man, if I want, if I want in on this, I got to do it now.
1: Excellent. Mike, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for coming on and sharing this. This is a really great article. And, you know, again, applies to so much marketing in a lot of industries and niches. But particularly for retail, I love that we got somebody out there teaching us how we can bring it, you know, from this from the store uh, to the digital doorstep here. And so the article is uh the five elements of a high converting retail brand launch or just come to copychief.com and search for uh just type in the word I think brand'll do it bring it bring up Mike's article. Yep. Mike Renard and your site is chimpwolf.com highly recommend you go over there uh and get on Mike's list because his daily I don't know if you're writing daily or you know several emails a week and they're all fantastic. So Uh, Thanks for being here, bro. We'll talk soon. All right.
0: Thanks a lot. It's good talking to you guys. Thanks, Mike. So, Kevin, what do you have coming up for the Copy Chiefs next time?
1: Well, next week, we're going to stay on this theme of story. And uh, long overdue, going to have my man Scott McKinstry join us. Scott has been writing for the Copy Chief blog uh, for two years since it started. And he has a series called Story Sells. It's by far one of the most popular Uh, Things on the blog. Every one of his articles is really eye-opening. So um, he's going to come on and talk about story openers using some examples from Disney and how we can write better story in our copy.
0: Oh, man, looking forward to that. Thanks again, Mike. Mike's over at ChimpWolf.com. And Kevin, let's get back on the mic soon and start talking.
1: All right, brother. Looking forward to it.
0: You've been listening to Copy Chief Radio. Thank you for tuning in. If you're digging what we are laying down for you, then your next step is to go over to iTunes, type in Copy Chief Radio into the search bar, and when you find a show, subscribe. We will be back in your earbuds next week. This is the podcastfactory dot